Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is my firm of surveyors, which works with landlords and property investors to build mixed use and commercial property portfolios. If you want to find out more about that, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. I'm back. I've had a couple of weeks break from the podcast that was planned. It has been scheduled. Uh, The reason being is that every couple of weeks I have to focus really heavily on projects. And it also gives me a lot of time to reflect about what the podcast is and what it looks like. As you probably are aware, over the previous couple of seasons, I've really been playing around with what the podcast looks like and what it is um, and what you all give me feedback on and what you like to listen to and what you don't like to listen to. And the jury is out that you love it if I come and talk to you about my experience and what's going on. Inevitably, that gets the highest number of listens. That also gets the better reviews. So I hear you loud and clear. You like to hear my experiences and you like to know what's going on in my life. And I will happily continue to share the property side of things. Absolutely. Let's continue as we mean to go on. Now, this season, there will be a couple of interviews sprinkled in. I'm going to get some of my team in on the podcast too, so that you can meet some of them. NC Real Estate has grown probably more than I ever could have hoped this year. Um, As I've not been able to travel, one of the things I have had a lot of control over is how much I put into my business and how much hard work we put on behind the scenes. So you will know that uh, ages ago, right back from the very start of the podcast, it was Lorenza and I, and Lorenza has been working with me now for the last five years. We have grown to a team of 10. Mm -hmm. We have grown to a team of 10. Now got four commercial surveyors or actually general practice surveyors. Some of them are residential um, experts, some of them are commercial experts, two graduate surveyors. We have got coaches who come on board in the members club. And then I have all of my back of house staff as well, who helps me with paid advertising, um, accounting, bookkeeping, designing all of our goodies that go out. Wow. I could not have imagined that we would have got this far down the road. And it's really exciting. One of the things that I was always very nervous about when we started expanding NC Real Estate was that I didn't want to lose that personal touch. I do like to know who all of my members are and who all of my clients are, just so that if I see them in passing, I can say hello or make sure that their property portfolios are doing all right. I like to have an overview. But I also realize that um, I'm very good at what I know and what I learn, but also I can learn an awful lot more from the surveyors that we hire to come in and learn with us. And so it's just made the members club and the asset management services that we offer that much better. I honestly... I couldn't enjoy my team meetings more when we're collaborating, we're sharing ideas, uh, we're looking at properties in a different way. Um, Within the members club, 
I now have multiple different coaches who come on board and and help members with things like residential property. I've got a residential surveyor who does um, all the residential calls and looks over all of the residential side of things. Um, for the start of October, here we are, first week of October, I've got a new commercial surveyor who's going to be helping me with the commercial Q&As because I think that I've noticed in the commercial Q&As there's a lot of... Um, a lot of difference in the in the standards of where people are investing and what they need to know and it's really helpful to have backup you know for um different surveyors takes and to make sure that there's enough of us that we can answer questions and get people feeling confident about uh moving forward and looking at commercial property and analyzing it in the right way i've got a search a property search coach who just literally helps my clients with finding properties. I have a goal setting and mindset coach who helps my clients, you know, stay on track, on focus. I have a finance coach who helps my clients with um, finding investor finance and staying compliant. And that's all within the members club. And then Alongside that, I've also got the asset management service where we've got a team of four of us who work with our clients and we're very heavily involved in the acquisitions, uh, long-term management strategy of property portfolios. And, And with that, we are able to find these great, great, great commercial property deals. And mixed use property deals, that's kind of where we focus. We do a bit of resi as well, but we tend to focus on the commercial and mixed use because that's really where I feel that um, the most amount of money can be made right now. And we've got some great links with tenants and we've really been um, looking at where is there demand for certain types of properties and how can we fill that? That's really, really vital. And I would say that that's the most important thing in the commercial side of the industry at the moment as well. If I look at how the commercial industry has changed over the last two years, since the start of the pandemic and what we're seeing now versus uh, what we were seeing before the pandemic, commercial was already moving towards a hit or miss space. The market was changing. And of course, that's changed even more so now than it ever has been. Um, But there is this real popularity that I'm seeing with commercial to resi conversion. And the reason I don't touch that is because agents are seeing any commercial properties with that kind of pound sign ringing that it could go to residential and they are upping the price of the property. That is a general trend that I'm seeing. The minute we're talking to agents and we're saying, this is what we're looking for and this is where we're looking for it. If um, they think that at all that could be converted to residential, yeah, they just wet the price up and then their client won't take any less. However, if you come across a commercial or mixed-use property where the client hasn't or the agent hasn't even thought that that might be a possibility, instead is quite happy for it to go as current use, you wouldn't have to do any change. Those properties are priced pretty fairly, I think, with scope for negotiation to get that property price down. And that 
is where I'm focusing. That's where my asset management team are focusing when we're doing acquisitions. Of course, of asset management, we don't only do acquisitions. We have to look at the long-term strategy of the property portfolio. But I'm really seeing that as the opportunity in the market. The other thing that you have to think about is the fact that a lot of these commercial landlords did not buy in the last cycle of commercial property. They bought in the one before. And yes, you may be thinking, Natasha, what? 18-year property cycles? I don't think the commercial property market moves in 18-year property cycles. I don't. I think that's a load of rubbish. I think we move in five to 10-year cycles instead. There's not an exact definition, but you know, we had a cycle that was going through after the last recession. So 2010 to 2020, really, I think we could see a cycle. And so the one before that, just before the the recession hit, we could see that commercial property prices were really heating up towards the end of 2007, just before the crash hit. So a lot of commercial landlords that had the smaller tiddler properties and by that I just mean secondary tertiary towns you know towns that aren't prime and where they've got a little bit of commercial they'd snap those up at quite a high price with quite low capitalization rates on the rent because at that time before the recession it wasn't deemed that commercial was that risky. It was thought that there would always be commercial tenants on hand to go into these properties. The market wasn't likely to change. Technologically, technological advances weren't going to increase or progress as much as they had. So landlords were thinking commercial was a safe bet because of all of this. And then lo and behold, we had the recession. Uh, tenants were Tenants were adapting to um, online retail or online shopping or different ways of working. And the pandemic has then just sped that up again. So we're now in a different cycle of commercial. Absolutely fine. We can deal with it if we know about it. But the, the reason that these properties are coming to market from investors who bought them 2006, 2007, maybe a little bit before that, is because they would have made their money out of it. Yeah, they may have bought these properties twice the value they're worth today, but they've actually ridden a cycle where they've pulled all of the money out of this property via the rental income that they've got, the capital increase that um, happened for a small period of time, then the market dropped, it went back up, the market's dropped again, right? So they've ridden that wave. And for commercial property investors, tends to be, that you you hold the property for as long as you get all of your investment back, which you really should do in the first five to 10 years, plus some. And once you've done that, the property goes on the market at whatever uh, price it should be worth at that day. So it doesn't really matter what price you sold it at because you've already made your money back. That's how commercial property works, as opposed to resi where it runs in you know different ways. So that worry now where I see investors saying to me, well, hold on a second, Natasha. If I look back at land registry, this property was bought for £300,000 and now it's on the market for £150,000. Should I be worried? No. 
you're buying that property at the bottom end of the cycle. Your whole position as the commercial investor is to have a look at the local area and see if there is opportunity. Opportunity can come in the form of there being demand from tenants, tenants shifting, so new tenants coming into the area and you can take advantage of that. Maybe the building could be used in a slightly different way. Perhaps it was traditional retail. Now it's got some good warehouse space in it. So you could do omnichannel retailing. So a little bit of online distribution as well as uh, traditional retail. Maybe the building could be split up into different commercial uses. You need to have a look at the trend in the local area and see what can that property be used for? And would there be multiple tenants willing to take it? If the answer is yes, I would suggest that there's an opportunity there. Then you also have to realize that your value, the value will come from you being innovative and letting these properties to the right people. Because the tenant that comes in and takes the lease and pays the rent will contribute to the value of that property. For example, say this property that I'm talking about is worth £150,000. It's just come to the market at £150,000. Say it's vacant. Right, let's just say it's vacant. Um, and so the estimated rent that if you were to put it on the market could come in, it could be, I don't know, £20,000 per year. Right. But in, but today, because the property doesn't look that great, it's vacant, it's gone to the market for £150,000. Well, then if you can see that the opportunity is if that building is cleaned up, so it's made to look presentable and by presentable, I mean, get it back into shell condition and it will rent for £20,000 per annum. Your job as the landlord or the investor is to make sure that you can find a tenant to come in at that £20,000 per annum. Once you found that tenant is prior to completion, if you can, get an agreement for lease in place. And you want to make sure that you are getting the best security out of that tenant that you possibly can. So you now need to de-risk the property via that tenant. And what I mean is if it's a small tenant, you might want a guarantor in place. You might want a rent deposit in place. That really is dependent on the current te the tenant who's coming in accounts, but you're going to need to check that and make a decision. Then you need to think about how long would the length of the lease be that you would want. Ideally, you'd aim for five years plus. Some tenants are just going to sign with you for five years. If you can get a 10-year lease with a rent review at year five and no break, fantastic, well done. That's going to be a really strong lease. So then once you've got all the confirmation that you can do this, you can get this tenant in, you then need to think, okay, how much based upon that rent would this property be worth? You know, and you could have then meant that the you could have made the cap rate, and this is really dependent based upon comparable cap rates, um, which is how you value the property. You could suggest that the cap rate is now at 8%. So we times that by 20,000 pounds. 
which means that the value of that property has already gone up to £250,000. And all you may have spent on that property is the cost of an agent to let it for you or get an agreement for lease before you buy, which you can do. We, we do that with clients at the moment. We get um, either local agents on the ground to get tenants in place for our clients, or we can do it ourselves with the big players because we have contacts there. And our job is really to increase the value of that property prior to purchase. You know, it's come to market £150,000 because that's vacant possession value. There is no rental income coming in. The minute you put that rental income into that property, that increases the value, right? I'm not saying that £250,000 is guaranteed on, you know, every £20,000 lease, but I have just made an assumption that if you have put a really strong covenant tenant in there and a good lease, you could potentially get that value up by £100,000 overnight. And then you think, well, actually, how much have I had to spend to put it back into shell condition? 20K? You know? So already you've made £80,000. You've not done commercial to residential conversion. All you've done is go out and find a tenant. And I think this is one of the big things in the industry that is completely being missed. I think it's because nobody is talking about it. I think that it is because people are scared of this because they feel like they read the newspapers and that's the only thing that could be going on. That's the only thing that they could believe. And I just feel like there's, no, there's lack of confidence in doing this. Because what happens if there was another pandemic? What happens if there was another recession? Well, as property investors, we kind of take the risk, right? Because none of us have a crystal ball. We're not born with the foresight of what's going to happen a couple of years down the line. So what we have to do is make these investments as secure as possible. In that situation that I've just told you, I've got a guarantor, I've probably got three to six months deposit, and I've probably checked out to see how many different tenants would have taken it. You know, not just one, but probably had two or three. So that I know if one of the tenants goes bust or the tenant that I've got in went bust, I could get another tenant in. Or maybe what I've done is split up the property so that I've got multiple tenants in there and then we're spreading the risk even more. Right. That is what we need to be focusing on when we're looking at commercial. Because commercial to resi is all well and good, but you have to have commercial mixed in with residential in order for areas to be desirable. I know that for sure, that I'm not going to be going and living anywhere where there's no local coffee shops, supermarkets, medical units. You know, I like to walk to things. I want things to be that close. I'm sure you're probably the same, or at least within driving distance. So there's always going to be a demand for commercial. Your job is to focus on looking at what that demand could be and going out and filling it. That's how you make money in commercial property right now. <laughs> I wanted to share that with you because I feel really passionately about this. And actually, I want to share something else with you that I'm doing on the 25th of October. I am running a live webinar, which is all about why you should be putting commercial property 
in your portfolio right now rather than jumping on the commercial to residential bandwagon. And I'm going to show you how to search for that property. I'm going to show you, you know, all the things that you need to know about tenants and how to find them so that you are equipped. So if you want to come and join me live, I'm going to put the link below so that you can do that. And I would absolutely love to see you there. It's a one-time webinar. Um, so do try and join me live. I'm giving you loads of prior warning so that you can shift some things around so that you can join me then. So we go. I'm back. <laughs> I hope that was a really good first introduction um, back into, I think we're calling this season four. Thank you so much for coming and listening to me today. I would love your feedback as per usual. So do make sure you, you rate and review this podcast. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Honest Property Investment. You can also come and follow me on Instagram at Natasha C. Collins. And do make sure that you register for that webinar. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Cannot wait to catch up with you again soon. <laughs>